there's so many different ways for a consumer to to pay now. What's the reason or why would it be so important for a retailer to consider all of these different options and making them available? So the one that stuck with me most is it said that about 60% of customers will abandon a cart if they don't have their preferred, that customer's preferred payment method on there. So giving that customer the option to check out how he wants to, we want to make that a seamless transaction for them to exit the store with the product they want. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. Tell me the last time you thought of business and financial services and thought, man, that is just such a sexy topic. Uh, well, that's exactly what I felt coming out of this conversation with Mr. Chris Kirk, our VP of Business and Financial Services here at Nationwide Marketing Group. And uh, we found a way. You know, we, we knew it was going to be fun um, to try to talk about, you know, the, the financial services side of the house and, um, you know, payment methods and uh, talking about traditional payment methods and, and all of these new programs that Nationwide has with some alternative payment methods. And, um, you know, it, a lot, just thinking back the past 18 months or so, a lot has changed in this arena. I mean, you think to how the world shifted so drastically and dramatically to online shopping 18 months ago, almost two years ago, uh, because of this pandemic. And, you know, people became comfortable with the idea of shopping online and spending their money digitally and not having to go in store and uh, tap you know, credit cards to terminals and things like that. And um, it, it's it's been a game changer to say the least. And, um, you know, we know about supply chain challenges Well, financial and business services, they've, they've experienced their own sort of innovation and, uh, you know, upheaval over this time as well. And it's caused retailers to think it's also caused us to think of ways to provide our independent members, our independent dealers with new ways of accepting payment. Um, Chris, during this podcast, shares a, a, an incredible stat about you know the the high percentage of abandoned carts that retailers experience because you know they just don't happen to be providing the type of payment solution that the customer wants or, or would prefer to use. So, uh, a lot to learn about this space, a, a lot to sort of apply to one's business as well. And uh, who better to talk to about the innovation and, and about the the direction and, and way things are going? Uh, then Mr. Chris Kirk himself, our, like I said, VP of Business and Financial Services for Nationwide. So let's just go ahead and dive into it. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast, and I can see the smile on his face already. He's excited to be a, a, a new interviewee on our podcast, Mr. Chris Kirk, our VP of Business and Financial Services. Financial and business, does it matter the order that I say? Either way. Either, either way. way? All right. Well, I said business and financial services, so that's, that's what go. we're going with. So <laughs> appreciate you taking the time and joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ralph. How about you? I'm all right. Uh, you know, sitting here, getting ready to talk about the world of business and financial services and payment methods, all, all kinds of payment methods we're going to talk about today. So sounds... Uh, Kind of daunting of a, of a topic for a guy it, in communication to talk about. Many but. people, it sounds boring. We're going to try to keep this <laughs> light and very top of service. We won't get too in the weeds, but we got some uh, neat things to talk about today. Yeah, ab absolutely. Before we do that, though, uh, before we dive too deep, I, I don't know anyone that doesn't know who you are, but for the, the random person out there who may not know who Chris Kirk is, what can you tell us about yourself and, and the role of a VP of business and financial services? Got it. Well, first off, I've got a wife and two little girls. Uh, Kristen's the wife, Cece and Emmy are my daughters. So uh, that's my favorite pastime to do. But outside of that, you know, I've been with Nationwide for several years. 
um, but had several roles, mostly certainly, as you said, the VP of business financial services. Really what that means is I work with all the consumer finance, credit card processing, secondary, you know, lease owned type programs, tertiary programs, uh, also close to the business services side. Think about product protection, digital price tags, uh, Energy Star programs, a big one for us. Um, anything that happens in store, I kind of help touch or fill uh, with our team. And the fun thing here is that, I mean, yet obviously business and financial services is such a big part of what we do. Um, you know, at primetime, there's a show, you see all the vendors and um, the, the product vendors, the appliances, the, the furniture and bedding guys, but you can't overlook those businesses, financial services, um, you know, vendors that are there as well. How, how different is your role, you know, in sort of the, those, you know, vendor relationships and things like that compared to a, a traditional product merchant? Yeah, so it's a, it's a neat question. It's um, We're all part of a big puzzle, right? I'm just a piece of it, or we're a piece of it, of what we're doing here. Um, you look at the merchants, and they're working on PMAPs and buy-in and trying to find a product availability, as everybody else is, for the membership. Uh, me and my team help work on the sell-through of those products, so it's got to get out of the store. So how you're paying for it, your customers are paying for it, you're paying for it through inventory finance programs. Um, it could be anything from as simple as the Office Depot program, which we save members money on when they're purchasing paper that they need for invoices. So anything that happens in the store that's day-to-day -day business, same thing as we do with the buy-in the merchants are doing, we're doing that on the sell-through or inside the store and just leveraging the size and the scale of the nationwide members. You know, anytime I can go to a vendor and say, I've got 5,000 members <laughs> that want to offer your service and product. It's, it perks their ears up and it's a fun conversation to have and putting those together. And I love hearing back from the members saying, here's where I need some help. And then going attacking that problem and figuring out how we can bring, you know, either cost savings to them or efficiencies to them, get them tied into our website platforms for them. So whatever we can do collectively, it's kind of, you know, a fun job for us to go out and create some of these new programs or nurture the ones that we've had out there for forever. You know, you think about our consumer finance programs that are out there. That's a major tender type for all members of how their customers want to check out and nurturing those Wells Fargo and Synchrony relationships are an important part of the job that Jason on the team helps do for us every day. So it's, uh, the way you're talking about it, I mean, it's exactly the way a, a an appliance, a, you know, merchant goes out and talks to vendors. So it, it I mean, it, end of story, it, bottom line, it's not that different at all. Yeah, it is. Other than the, the landscapes change a little more rapidly in our world. Like you think about, you know, appliances, they're not creating a whole bunch of new appliances that <laughs> are out there. So there's not a, new, a lot of new product categories. I know we, in the last, you know, 10 years, we brought on bedding and outdoor and, and looked at expanding some existing service or products that we had out there categories. But if you look in kind of, we're going to get into a second, but if you look into the payment world, I mean, no one really heard of buy now, pay later five years ago. And that's, you've seen a lot of these breads and Klarna's and these guys pop up now and going out and creating those and making sure we're delivering to the customers, which is a different customer than it was 10, 15 years ago and how we advertise to them, how they want to check out. So there's, it is ever changing kind of closer to like the digital website world more so than the merchant side world, I think. No, that, that's awesome. And you hit on it. I, I, we can get into the, the sort of the alternative stuff, but I, I want to, you know, payments in general, I, I, a lot, I feel like a lot has changed lately. I, everything, you know, everything can go back. I, it, we're two years in now and we're still sitting here talking about the, the, the pack, impacts and effects of the pandemic and everything. But, uh, you know, for those traditional sort of payment methods, how, how, what's, what's the status right now? What, what's going on in that world? 
Yeah, so it's it's been interesting because there's been an influx, as we all know, of cash into the consumer market, right? We've seen customers with more cash than they've ever seen. Savings accounts are higher. So a lot of those customers that historically have needed some loans or some other payment methods to pay for things are walking in the store. Not only they're wanting to get in and out of the store quicker, but they also didn't want to fill out credit applications, maybe that they were touching paper or pens with other people. So we've seen our cash transactions go up significantly and I haven't seen the growth that we historically seen with traditional consumer finance, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months interest. Not only that, we've seen also a shift from in-store purchases to online purchases. So you think everybody's just a lot more comfortable 18 months out of the pandemic than they were making any type of purchase online, much less a major appliance. So whereas historically that was a small, small piece of our members' business, we started to see that number tick up and we want to make sure nationwide members and all retailers are ready for that uptake because we you know, expect all online sales to just continue and to grow as the customer gets more confident about making those online purchases. I don't know if you have a, a number right there in front of you, but just from gut, from what you can tell, did a, a solid chunk of our member, because obviously, you know, it feels like every day we're adding more or more, not that we're adding more, our, our members are adding more, the ability to turn on that online cart, uh, you know, yep. the, the e-commerce experience. Have we seen a I, you know, a, a continued upswing of members that are looking to add e-commerce capabilities to their yeah, website? Yeah, absolutely. I don't have that number right in front of me, but we have absolutely seen through RWS and Site on Time to the nationwide platform. Um, we have seen more and more members turning on that cart functionality where it used to be kind of shop online, buy in store. Now they're given that customer the option just because they're used to it in this day and age. What What's the, you know, I, are there any hurdles there still? Like I, I imagine retailers understand the importance of it now because they, they see coming through a pandemic that consumers are willing and want to shop online more uh, and complete their purchases online. Are there any hurdles that you're still seeing them like I, I, that they feel like there's challenges why they wouldn't? I hope not. So if, if there is, because we certainly need to hear about it. We've worked really closely with RWS and Site on Time and even Telbase and other providers uh, out there to make sure we can integrate our credit card processing programs, our consumer finance programs. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but we have a new PayPal program out for nationwide members. Um, so all of these are being seamlessly integrated so that members say, yeah, um, I need, I want to process them you know, online and take payments. We have all those options built in for those members. You think it's easier today than it was to turn on e-commerce maybe two, three years ago for, for a retailer? Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. Especially for our platforms. Um, you know, and if you look at the Shopify's and the Magento's out there, they have their own services built in that you can turn those on. Now we can't integrate the, the nationwide supported products on there, but they still have it where you can accept payments or get set up with a payment provider for those different various you know, ways the customers want to check out. See, we can get down in the weeds on on payments and financial <laughs> services. It's not a big deal to do that. We can do that on this podcast. I like. We don't it. want to put anybody to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll 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 turn it up to some uh, innovative payment options. Uh, yeah. That is a a two term phrase out there that does exist. So let's talk about those you know alternative payments. There, there's you guys have a lot of things going on right now in that space, and uh, you mentioned it. I know you're talking about PayPal. We've got uh, Quad Pay uh, is another thing that that's been happening. So what? What, you know, how has the space really been changed over the last two to five years? Yeah, it's um, so like PayPal has been around since like the late 90s. All right. Yeah. So everybody's pretty familiar with that. But I don't think everybody knows that they have almost 400 million active. Uh, yeah. That number keeps going there. up, man. That's right. It keeps adding. So they're yeah. still 
on there. And they're estimating somewhere, and I say they are, the industry estimates PayPal doesn't put it out themselves, but about 20% of purchases are coming through a PayPal account or using the PayPal credit terminal that's in there. So it's not brand new. You know, it's it's been out there for you know a couple of decades now, um, and people are used to that. They're used to checking out and clicking on that familiar PayPal logo and button and clicking out with it, checking out with that cell. So making that option and that program available to members as they can, you know, identify with that, make that checkout process easier has been a real, you know, big accomplishment, I think, for Nationwide uh, to put this program together. And there, I know there's, uh, I mean, others too that exist, right? So you, you mentioned like a Klarna is a name that people might see in their own online shopping. Uh, there's some stuff happening around that for for us as well, right? Yeah, so Klarna, uh, Afterpay, Affirm, um, we've heard of Apple Pay, everybody has Apple phones. So those are all different kind of buy now, pay later services. And what the buy now, pay later is kind of condensed to is like people get their product today and almost like traditional consumer finance, except for they shorten the term into like a four, six week term. So take uh, take our Zip program, which is now Zip, used to be called Quad Pay. Yep. What you do is, let's say it's a $600 dishwasher purchase. You would put $150 down today via credit card, and then you set up a schedule so that every two weeks after that, it takes another $150, $150, $150. So it takes you four different payment sessions over six weeks, and you've got your $600 uh, payment that's in there. Now, the interesting thing, I mean, there's so many different ways for a consumer to, to pay now for a product. Yeah. I mean, why... For one, it's, I mean, to a retailer, it might sound confusing. Like, why do I need so many different payment options? There's like, can't they just make a transaction, make it happen and, and let's go? You know, what's, what's the reason or why would it be so important for a retailer to consider all of these different options and making them available? So the one that stuck with me most is it said that about 60% of customers will abandon the cart if they don't have their preferred, that customer's preferred payment method on there. So if you can't pay how they want to pay and maybe they have an account with PayPal or maybe they have... You know, this payment selection already set up through a firm or zip or whatever product that's out there. If they can't do it, they don't want to go and, you know, pay with this selected. Here's your only way to make this payment. So giving that customer the option to check out how he wants to, much like we've had to do on the marketing side of we've had to go to that customer and bring them in how they wanted to come in, whether it was digital or phone or whatever method. We also want to make that a seamless transaction for them to exit the store with the product they want. That No, that's crazy. That's a that's a massive number. Um, Isn't it? Yeah. That's crazy. Did not know that myself. So that's that's crazy to see. Yeah. And uh, you think about a bunch of the, um, you know, Gen X and Gen Y, some of these guys don't have credit cards like I do. Um, you know, like a, a bunch of American does. I know the baby boomers are still paying with credit card, but that's the other reason that's out there is you want to make sure for that customer base that's starting to get into our market and buying couches and beds and appliances that if they don't have a credit card, they need a method to pay. Uh, and it's not hard to implement these through some of these nationwide programs or programs available in the market. So you want to make sure that you have that payment method available for them. Now, when, when you say it's not hard, is it, I, I'm sure the retailer themselves are signing up for a program, it's one, one thing or another, but I mean, is it as simple as just saying, I want to add this to my site and it's done on the back end? Like what, what does adding these, these look like? Yeah, so for RWS and Site on Time, RWS is still completing some of the integration with Zip. Um, and as soon as they finish that, what you would do is indicate they were at our primetime show. Uh, they indicated they want to get signed up, so we have a backlog that we'll have to fulfill. But as soon as we do, they have the paperwork that's signed up with that vendor. Once they get an account number, they plug that into the RWS or Site on Time platform, and they already have that ready to turn on for them. 
That's so awesome. same thing with PayPal, same thing with uh, Wells Fargo, Synchrony Financial. We're working on the lease to own providers, which is like the secondary tertiary market um, that are out there available for our members. Uh, these alternative payments, they are... There's got to be some data out there, and this is me again throwing you on the spot with a numbers question that you probably don't have right in front of you. But like, I I feel like there's got to be if you look at traditional payment methods versus these alternatives that that I mean, there's got to be almost like an equaling. Not that they're equaled out now, but I feel like they've got to be getting you know closer. Yeah, they're still relatively new, so it's yeah. you know even that I think it was last time I saw for these buy now pay pay now services will equal a hundred billion dollars in total sales. Wow. So it's a big number, but it's still a small looking at the total retail market. Sure. Um, the buy now, pay later market, typically their average tickets much lower than we've seen uh, our, our members that are in the furniture betting outdoor space. So these are like $100 items are splitting up into $25 payments instead of that $600 item I split up into $150 payments. Now, those providers will go up to $1,500, $2,000 for your, you know, available that you can do it. So most of our purchases would be covered uh, under one of those buy now pay later services, but we tr- traditionally kind of see that most of that market still at a, a much lower average selling price. Gotcha. Now, is there ever a situation where I like I, adding these types of services wouldn't make sense for a retailer? Ooh, um, I, I guess if we go back to that kind of average selling price, I mean, you know, if that average selling price is much lower, we've got it covered on the program that's uh, and through PayPal too. They have a buy now pay later service. But through those services can go up to that higher average ticket. Uh, but members can set those thresholds of where they want it to be. So if you wanted your buy now, pay later solution to be offered on all transactions under $600, you could do that and then introduce your 12 months you know, financing from $600 to $1,500. And then the next price band could be as a step up for those members to help you know, that average ticket keep going up. So they could set an 18 month at the 1600 and above. So I, I think that there's a way, I know there's a way we can work with just about any type of retailer to make sure that something works for them. But going back to that, you know, staggering stat earlier that we said about those customers leaving your car, basically, if you don't have this payment method or allow them to check out that way, it just makes sense as you continue to see that segment grow, that you've got a solution for that customer. Gotcha. What other questions are you hearing from retailers? Like, I, I'm sure there's got to be some out there. I can only... Me not being a, a business and financial services <laughs> expert like yourself, I'm sure you hear uh, quite a lot of you know rant, crazy questions from some of the retailers that are considering these things. Yeah, so integration is probably the number one. Like, is it easy for me to get set up? And we've tried to remove every barrier we can to make it as easy, easy as possible for those for members to get signed up on those programs. So once we get past integration, it's cost. Uh, what is this going to cost me? They, we know you know everybody's paying around one eight one point eight to two two five percent for a credit card swipe. So that's kind of our, our watermark, if you will, where we try to set some of these programs, whether it's 12 months, no interest, whether it's uh, the buy now, pay later. But we know, uh, especially in the appliance industry, we've got a little more wiggle room once we get into furniture and bedding, that we they don't want to go too much higher than that is what their, their discount rate is. Um, so cost is a big one. We've gotten to get nationwide negotiated programs for PayPal, for Zip, you know, for all our secondary and tertiary programs. So we've got, we feel like that piece very, very competitive uh, compared to where the market is. So once we check those three boxes, most members are, are pretty much ready to move uh, if they've made that decision that they are gonna offer a full cart online, which still, you know, I hear back and talk constantly with the RWS and site on time teams, but that's a big question for a lot of members is, do I need to have 
a full shopping cart experience on my website? And if so, do I have the manpower to do it and the staff? We all know staffing is an issue, uh, finding labor right now. So you've got to have someone that's completing that experience for that customer. You can't take an order online and then not get back to the customer for two days. So someone's got to be a full-time job, you know, looking at that cart, making sure they're treating that just like an in-store customer. So that's the biggest decision I've seen so far of members deciding, you know, if I want to accept online payments. Gotcha. Now, all of this has been very digital focused, right? Do some of these apply to in-store as well? Like, Can we see some of these services, these alternative payments come in-store? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's pretty seamless to carry these through. We, you know, PayPal, you, you, you think about online. Uh, they do have an in-store process that you can accept it. It's very, very small. You don't see a lot of people come in trying to log into their PayPal account when you walk into any kind of a retailer. Uh, or not that I can think of, but yeah, some of these services are available in store. You know, is the the situation I think of over the summer, because I I used to carry cash, not like boatloads of money. I'm not sitting here sitting in a a, bu- a bucket of cash or anything, but you know, mm-hmm. I used to carry around some cash. But over the summer, and particularly COVID, you think people don't yeah. want to exchange, you know, hand paper money nowadays. But uh, I think of going to you know, my son did T-ball for the first time this year in the snack stand. They actually offered like a little Venmo scan me to pay okay. uh, just as like a different way to pay at, at, yeah. at in store or well, you know, at a snack stand. <laughs> so, yeah. Great. Like that kind, so of, Venmo that kind of is a, a PayPal product. Yeah. And it's offered yeah. through the systems and, and can do that in store. They do have some terminals that are available. You know, if you look at our credit card processing vendors through Wells Fargo and Payrock, both those guys have some, you know, tap to pay things like that, that can go Very in cool. store. They absolutely use uh, online, but also in store. No, that's that's awesome. Uh, so obviously, you you mentioned it. I mean, uh, heck, those those product merchants they they don't see much innovation in their space compared to what you guys are seeing here in the yeah. They got a new financial cycle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll be nice to them, but uh, okay. now I obviously a a lot of innovation happening in your space. How you know what? How are you staying on top of it all? How do you kind of stay up to date with what's coming down the pike and and where you need to kind of focus your attention? Yeah, good question. So first off, I'd say the team um, that helps what I work with every day. So everybody's very involved in this. They're looking out for what's coming down the road and trying to figure out where the puck's going to be. And so we're constantly chasing after that. The NRF, National Retail Federation, puts on a great show in January that we usually go to. And we can see a lot of kind of The big show? Is that the The big show? That's it. So, uh, you know, I I try to go to that every other year. I don't miss too much in between the years. Um, but if I can go every other year and kind of keep my finger on the pulse and talk with different payment providers or point of sale providers, digital price tags, things like that. So we're constantly looking at what's coming out. Uh, some of that stuff sticks, some of it doesn't. We'll come back and from those shows all jazzed up and ready to start 10 new programs and then pull the members and they'll say, focus on this. So it's, <laughs> we are, we're driven a lot. And then I guess, you know, the member interaction that we have. So prime time, not only that, but we're on conference calls frequently with members they're telling us and they're not (laughs) afraid to tell us uh where we need to have new programs or services um so we're constantly listening to the membership because they'll they'll always point you in the right direction no that's awesome a great great point and uh you know if you're if you're not talking to the members how can you have your finger on the pulse so that's that's an incredible point and uh one to take home i I, and and go home with so i I appreciate that mr kirk um this has been fun you know i I think we made alternative we made Talking about financial services, a, a fun and dare I say sexy topic. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I appreciate your time and um, certainly look forward to catching up and, and seeing you know what more innovations are coming down the pike for you guys. 
Okay. We'll be back shortly. Good to see you, Rob. Thanks. You too. And thank you again to Chris. Uh, we, we, I told you at the top, we were going to find a way to make this a fun topic to talk about. And uh, lo and behold, I think we did. Uh, you know, Maybe I'm a little biased being host of the podcast, but uh, I, I think we had some fun and certainly learned a lot. He had a lot of great stats and, and things to share just about why this is such an important space to, uh, if you haven't considered you know, adding some of these payment methods to your website or, or even adopting them in store, uh, why they're worth a look and uh, certainly how they can help your business and uh, help you perform a little better digitally or in store. So uh, we appreciate it. Uh, appreciate Chris taking the time and, and chatting with us and sharing his insights. And of course, as always, we appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast and we will catch you next time.